0: Welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood. Guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, Aww. despair, <laughs> tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride.
1: Hey, Welcome to Real Zodiac and we are talking about dread from 2012 and uh I'd say the the judge to my judge is quitting.
0: <laughs> you kept it real simple. I like that. <laughs> but I'm really excited to hear what you have for our guest today.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, I might just call him the dread, but we have Brian with us. I'll tell you, you one say, thing. You could say
2: you could say Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers. No, there's, there's a lot of Brian's out there. You might <laughs> want to narrow it down. We
0: don't have too many Brian's, so I think you know what? Yeah, this is Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers, and we are dreading to have you. On. No, I'm just kidding. I had to make the one joke. Okay,
2: I'm. It's been fun, guys. Um, have a great <laughs> night. <laughs> no, we're happy to have you, bud. How, how you been? I I've been I've been doing better I, I I was I was sick all week and it was there was a couple days where it felt full blown and then it was just up and down but I'm feeling better and I'm happy I'm excited to talk about dread with you guys yeah I'm hopefully this will put you in better spirits for sure well I mean if the jokes keep coming the way they were <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know no that was the I peak
0: it's all going downhill don't worry <laughs>
2: No, I appreciated it, man. That was fun.
0: That was good. Yeah. Yep. That's all I got. So, yeah, Amanda, go ahead and take it away.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, this is my first time watching this movie, but uh, I'm curious about you, Quentin.
0: Oh, yeah. I've never, never seen this before.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: This was my – Oh, go ahead.
1: Sorry. <laughs> oh, go for it, Quentin. I was
0: just going to say, this is – it's weird because I knew about the Stallone one. Um, yet to have seen that but I knew a lot about just that Carl Urban was very like um, method acting when with this and I really enjoyed looking at the behind the scenes but yeah I knew that he never took the helmet off which I thought was really cool really cool about this but yeah sorry about that
1: <laughs> oh you're good and Brian this is your movie how many times have you seen this? Um,
2: I don't know how many times I've seen it. Maybe six or seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I saw it in the theater, and the first time I saw it uh, was in 3D in the theater. And I own it on Blu-ray, and uh, I've... After this movie came out, I started to read some of the IDW Judge Dredd comics and I really got into those and I really got into the character. Still have not brought myself back to watching the 1995 Sylvester Stallone film, which I saw one time on VHS as a 17-year-old and have never revisited it since because it is absolute garbage in my opinion. I'm sure some people love that movie, but I think it's trizash. So don't oh, watch. Oh wow! It. <laughs> it's it, I mean, you've got you've got star power with Stallone, but I mean, if you're looking for uh, Judge Dredd like comic book representation on screen, you're getting it with the Carl Urban film from 2012. Okay. Yeah, I mean the the Stallone stuff. He takes off the the helmet and it's because he's a huge star I mean you gotta get that mug you gotta show that face and Carl Urban played it just like the character from the comics never taking the helmet off I mean none of this fucking Din uh, Din taking the Mandalorian helmet off like we see in the Mandalorian (laughs) this is like straight up fucking Carl Urban, probably one of the best looking men on the fucking planet and he's just like you know what I'm just going to show off my chin and do it the way it's supposed to be done in the comics and man as fans of the Judge Dredd character which I really wasn't until this movie and then reading the comics I just got a, like so <sighs> much fucking props to this guy for not taking the helmet off like that that was huge right there that's huge like that was like Step number one for fans: Like if if we're gonna enjoy this movie, he's got to keep the the helmet on,
1: and they did. It was
2: awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh,
1: hearing about the the earlier one, and not being a huge fan, um, when this movie started coming up, like were people, um, not excited or were they more excited? You personally. I really wasn't, like, a, a big
2: part of that conversation. Like, this was, like, my my second introduction into the character just from seeing the Stallone movie. So I don't know, like, what the, you know, what online social media was saying about this movie. All I knew is that – and I really hadn't been exposed to any anything Alex Garland before. You know, he's a, the writer of this movie that did, wrote the screenplay. But, um, so I didn't really have any expectations going in. I – and, uh – but afterwards, that's what really got my fandom going for, for Judge Strad. And you. all I know is the reception. The reception was fans loved it. People that saw the movie loved it. It's just not a lot of people saw it. And so that's the biggest problem here. I think it became more of a hit um, – you know, once it was out on Blu-ray and once it hit streaming services, not enough people came out to the theater to see this one, and it's sad. It came out the same year as Avengers, though. So if you're looking uh, at comic, if you're looking at comic book movies for the year of 2012, I mean, more people were going out to see Avengers than they were a Judge Dredd. That's
0: true. Yeah, 2012 must have been a bad year for just any comic book movie. Um, I mean, even with Amazing Spider-Man, I mean, Avengers really brought in that money and was pretty much the talk of the town for that whole year leading up because it was, what, the sixth movie in an established, like, run of Marvel movies leading up. So, I mean, yeah, any any movie in that would have kind of, it, it would have been detrimental, which it kind of sucks because... I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and spoil this a little bit. I really enjoyed this movie, and I wanted to see more. I didn't know if there was a sequel after this or if there were even – I mean, I don't know if we're too far from a sequel because I could totally see Carl Urban coming back.
1: Oh Yeah, I'd love to see a sequel to this
2: one. Um, the, I, seriously, after this movie came out, fans wanted it. We just knew that it didn't do great in the box office and trust me there have been facebook pages dedicated to a movement to get a sequel going off the ground carl urban has stated many times he would love to revisit the character he loved playing judge Dredd, and i mean facebook had a movement i was on that page i was spreading the word when we were recording pcl when we first started you know in 2013 i was sharing the page i was spreading the love of this movie and um they even – nothing has moved with it, but there was talks about doing a Mega Mega City One TV series. And they were talking about having Carl Urban come back and play Judge Dredd for the Mega City One TV series. That never happened. And then the series itself has just kind of like faded away. Like I haven't heard any news about it in maybe the past three or four years. Damn. But – That makes me sad. Got to keep the – yeah. Got to keep the hope alive. Maybe, you know, maybe I think a lot of problems with this movie too, were the fact that the Stallone movie came out and it wasn't great. And maybe that left a bad taste in people's mouths and they saw a new dread movie coming out and they were just like, oh, it's more of the same bullshit that we got with the Stallone movie. Right. I don't, I really don't know what happened. Um, It just didn't perform that well. And if you can hear my cat purring, I apologize. He's like, I've been gone all day, and he's really wanting some love from me right now. Um, <laughs> You're fine. But anyway, but uh, um, it's it's sad, man. I, I like when at C2E2 uh, last year, when I got my picture taken with uh, the cast of the boys, Carl Urban was there. The one thing I was like, I gotta tell him one thing. I told him, and I told him twice. I was like, dude, I love Dredd. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Dredd, and I think, yeah, I and I gave him a fist bump, man. I mean, all out of all his roles.
0: Ever. Right. Yeah. Like
2: and I you know I love him in Lord of the Rings. I love him in The Boys, but my god fucking Dread holds a special place in my heart. I this is in my opinion um it's not the best comic book movie ever made. Don't 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 mistake what I'm about to say here, but it is the best comic book adaptation ever put on screen and I'm talking about from page to screen. So if you're looking if you're reading the comic book and you want something that's faithful to the comic book, but still yet cinematic, it's fucking judged. It's, it's dread. It's, it is perfect.
0: Well, let me ask you a question real quick, just about the cinematography. Um, something I've noticed about this is it's kind of a darker film, not, not in the sense of like the tone. I just meant like, uh, the colors, like it's a very dark environment almost. And it's kind of interesting because it's mostly we're, we're looking at a place called the peach tree, and so I, I I like the different colors that are used, but it just seems very dimmed down. Is that kind of how the comics are, or it was did they kind of take it in in a different direction just with the movie?
2: Mega City One looks like Mega City One from the comics, but I would say that the people within Mega City One, depending on where you go, they can be brighter. You know what I mean? Like you've got people that look like punks, and they got their hair all different colors. You got people with tats all over. Um, some of the characters in the movie just look like regular people, but you did get to see a little bit of like the gangs at the beginning. Right. when when mama is like going around and like taking over Peachtree, you got to see like a couple of the other gangs and stuff like that. But you got to understand like in mega city one, the comics, there's like so many different gangs and stuff. What I loved about the comic book was that, um, the one that I was reading in for, for IDW is it was, you know, your standard, like, you know, um, 24, 32 page comic, whatever, but half of it would be a judge dread story. And then the other half of the comic book would just be about like, what is going on in mega city and just like people doing drugs and just all the, all the crime and shit that goes on in mega city. And so it's like, not only do you get the character, but you also get the like, the city is all, also a character because, and they really flesh out the city in the comics.
0: So that definitely makes sense for why it would be a show not just about Dread, but the actual city. Damn, that sounds like it would be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I was so hoping for the se- Nobody had like – they were talking about developing a Mega City 1 series, but no one had picked it up. It was all kind of like let's start working on a series and then – um, you know, we'll get some people together and then we'll pitch it and see like what network picks it up. And I haven't heard anything probably since 2017. Um, right. So, yeah. But instead we're getting
0: another Gotham show.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's fucking Batman. That's right. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's It's crazy, man. Because like I think if like a great dread movie would have came out in the 80s, if a great dread movie would – if this movie would have came out in the 1980s. Dread would be huge today, because right. you look at Robo, you look at RoboCop, which has like a similar kind of like gory tone. Even look look at RoboCop too, you know, written by Frank Miller, and it's got that fucking drug nuke. It's got the drugs. It's got this this you know, uh, uh, cyborg cop going around, and and he's all about the law and ho- upholding the law, blah blah blah. Same thing going on here. It's just it came out in 2012, and everybody's just like, I want to see Avengers yeah so there's not that nostalgia with dread unless you're a comic book reader and think about how many comic book readers that are out there reading judge dread comics i mean it's just it's minuscule compared to like the people that uh i i I, there's so many it's fucked up because there's so many like different variables as to why dread doesn't succeed but i think if more people watched it the more people would fall in love with this fucking movie and the character well not to get not oh i'm sorry amanda
0: Oh, go ahead, I was just going to say, like, not to compare it too much to Dune, but I mean, look at what happened in the 80s with, with Dune after it kind of took the source material with uh, David Lynch and then compare it to some of the more, uh, I want to say, like, the movies that or I guess they're more like TV shows slash uh, TV movies that came out about Dune and not many people knew it, but look what Denny did with uh, this live-action one that he's got now. You can kind of take it in the same way as Dread, make it more of, uh, like, bring it kind of back, and, you know, you'll get the long-term and long-time fans that were of Dread to support this and then also introduce it to... Uh, the new people. I mean, I I could totally see this being revitalized into something new where comic book films are now just a part of pop culture, like you know, it it's just a part of it. So I, I just feel like this this could do a lot better now if we made even a adaptation. We just gotta just gotta find the right people to do it. I, I could totally see this working.
2: Yeah, I mean, dude it's a it's a weird thing um how certain things just take off and how certain things just don't take off. Because you got to think, you know, like, when you consider the budget that Dread had, you consider, like, you know, the budget that Deadpool had. And they're both great movies. It's just that for some reason, Deadpool, like, that was a movie that was not supposed to be made. And right. Ryan Randall, Ryan Reynolds leaked the test footage. And it fucking, like... You know, that was like Snyder Cut before the Snyder Cut. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, it was like, we want Deadpool. And so Fox took a risk, did it. They said, here, you're going to get this amount of money. And they made they made Deadpool on a really low budget. And Dread, you can tell that there wasn't a lot of budget behind it. But you can tell that there was a lot of care and a lot of love put into that, man. And uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 I still have a little hope, but I am not <laughs> – I don't – Oh God! I don't think that we're gonna get another Call Urban Dread movie, and that fucking sucks. <laughs> right. So just hold on to this it. a little more, a little dearly. Yeah, it's. I mean, if if there's anything that the fans could do, I just don't know. If I don't know who would pick it up, I don't know. It's just one of those. Because like, we're always gonna get new RoboCop. We're always gonna get new Terminator. And I just think like Dread, it, god damn it, if they would have made a good Dread movie in the 90s with Stallone, I, I think that people would be begging for more Dread. Right. Because it's such a cool concept, judge, jury, and executioner. There's so much criminal activity in Mega City One that they can't, that the, 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 the judicial system can't handle it. Right. So they they have judges go out there and they act as judge, jury, and executioner. Because did you hear them? They said a crime is committed every twelve seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that oh. was
0: insane. Well, I mean, it makes sense, obviously, but like put into this context and seeing it unfold, it's just on a new new level.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get let's just get into a uh, mega city one and just this whole concept. I mean, for me, just the introduction where you get just a few lines of what's going on and what the world is at that point, but then you just see the landscape and we're just focused just on like one neighborhood tower and then you see the landscape. There's just like dozens and dozens and dozens of them. So you just amplified like just like one of the best intros ever I think to a movie to set a tone to let you know like how toxic and crazy this world is It's just so well-written it's so good
0: yeah they do a really good job which is kind of like the opening dialogue to really set you into this movie and to kind of like you know just set the stage and I mean it's depressing but at the same time you could look at it as a reflection of you know our day and age today so I mean it's just you there's so many levels to it and it's it's just Carl Urban just giving you the straight facts for and the background of just what to expect and yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, it it hooked me in right away.
2: His fucking bike looked just like out of the comics. His helmet looks incredible. It's not the it's not like the shiny helmet that we got in the Stallone version. You can tell he's this is a judge that's been out there on the streets and it's mm-hmm. like it's a little worn in his suits a little worn in he just looks a little bit more like uh like uh, uh grizzled and like a, he's just like a veteran um i god damn it i loved it Cause you got to i think not uh not demolition man um <laughs> i what I, what i'm getting at i think rob schneider was also in judge Dredd with stallone and he was also in uh uh, Demolition Man with Stallone, and it was just like when you go that route of having Rob Schneider in your in your movie. I mean, you just they're adding this element of comedy I don't need in oh yeah in, in dread in this city. So yeah, I mean it's
0: called dread, you know, like <laughs> it's not supposed to be happy. Um, I I do have to mention Carl Urban's like never ending scowl. That thing is just beautiful. <laughs> like, I just love how you just. Has that? Has that? His lip just doesn't move unless he's speaking, and then it just resets right back into that scowl. I loved it.
2: Yeah, he's fucking great. He's got the chin. I mean, it's one of the reasons that for years on PCL I was saying I would love to have Carl Urban as a Batman. Um, you oh, know, he, he, he get he, that. Oh yeah. When you're fan casting, I was like, "Yeah, Carl Urban would make a great Batman." I'm I'm happy with Robert Pattinson. I think I'm gonna be really happy with him. But, you know, years ago it was all about, "Yeah, let's see Carl Urban in the role." And I've, you know, but yeah, he he looks great in the helmet. He's perfect for this role. He really, really love. You gotta love the character and love the source material um, when you're when when you're Carl Urban, enough to not take the helmet off. There's a, a lot of respect with the fans that he never took the helmet off in the movie. So, I this whole cast, I mean, uh, Lena Headey as Mama, the the villain.
0: Oh, yeah. What a surprise seeing her in this. I, I was I not expecting too. it.
2: And, well, it, and it's a cool story with her, too. I mean, she, you know, former prostitute, and then she you know once once she once her once her face was kind of scarred up then she fucking started to take over and become like this drug drug lord and it's kind of like this crazy you know crazy rise of a villain and uh i i i, I she was just badass in this movie i i love the fact that they got her as the villain in this i thought she was incredible and like this is like the first time that i'd seen donald gleason in anything
0: <gasps> oh my gosh he's one of my favorite actors and seeing <laughs> him in this like brought so much joy to me and seeing him in such like a mousy role because you do look at Donald gleason and you're not thinking this big bad you know brute force you know he's kind of just like a Langley dude and seeing him like as like this almost what would you even call like is he a type of race or is it
2: what's what's his story he's a computer guy and they basically kind of they ripped out his eyes and gave him like these cybernetic eyes and so he's basically it's like he's plugged in or something right Mm -hmm. because they're like
0: full-on you know just pupils and I, I was for it. I, I thought he looked awesome, and I loved his relationship that he had with Mama, um, because, like, you know, you could tell that he's kind of just
2: her lackey. and He's
1: trapped in it.
2: Yeah. Well, she's, she's treating him the same way that she was treated when she was a prostitute. Well, yeah, I mean – You know, I mean, threatening him and stuff like that, rubbing that knife up and down his stomach and shit, I mean – She's basically what she's become what she hated. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying she's she's not pimping him out or anything, but she's become what she
1: hated. Right. So. Mhm. Yeah, and I didn't realize that um it was um in the earlier in the movie like the scene where she's poking out somebody's eyes, didn't realize it was him until later. And she physically did that. She didn't even have one of her other lackeys do it. She physically did that to him. I don't even think I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, she's she's a whole level of a... Uh, probably one of the better villains I've seen in a long time.
0: Well, I did read that they were supposed to cast, like, an older woman for this role. and But they were, like, blown away by how Lena Hetty uh, played this and gave her the role. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, like, she won over the... Uh, she won over the, you know, the actor... Or, I'm sorry, the the acting director to the point where, like, they wanted to make sure that she was in it. Uh, in the comics, was she an older woman?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I've never read a storyline with Mama in the comics. Oh, okay. That's what I was so, wondering. Because, yeah. like,
0: it it made me wonder, like, okay, so if they're adapting this from just what was in the comics, I guess she had to be an older woman. I just wondered if, like, people had a problem with it because um, I I couldn't see any... Like, I I really enjoyed her presence, and I think that, like, she really commanded the screen whenever she was there. And Mm -hmm. every time she was on, I mean, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. She does a good job of, of, like, looking pissed off and, like... Looking like she just smelled some real nasty shit. And like she just has that lip curl. And I wouldn't even be surprised if people looked at this and were like, okay, this this has to be Cersei, you know?
2: <laughs> uh, I think she was already like two years into Game of Thrones. Really? Yeah, I think Game of Thrones started in 2010. This came out in 2012. So she is already mm-hmm. established as, as Cersei. Oh, my bad. Okay.
1: I forget, yeah, no I forget
0: how how like early Game of Thrones was because I remember starting it and I was like, man, this is insane. And yeah, that that totally makes sense considering that like obviously Game of Thrones has been around for a while. So that's even more interesting seeing that she went ahead and did this role. So I guess they probably looked at Cersei and thought maybe we could we could uh, see about her being in this. Cause this just seemed very odd for her to pick. Like when she came on the screen, I just, I don't know. I just didn't expect to see her in a movie like this, which I don't know if it's cause I didn't know what I was expecting with this, but, um, yeah, she, she fit in so well. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect as well.
2: I'm looking at the trivia on IMDB and this is something I didn't know. Um, Michael Bean auditioned for the lead role as Dread, as uh, Judge Dread in this movie, and he plays Kyle Reese and uh, Corporal Hicks. Um, Kyle Reese from the Terminator. Yeah. The, and then uh, Corporal Hicks from Aliens. So. That yeah. would have been different too. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. I fucking love Michael Bean. I'm, yeah. I'm literally. I'm literally. Um, it's been like two days. I've been watching it off and on. I'm, I'm watching Aliens. I've, I don't think I've ever seen the Aliens the 1990 special edition and he's in it. Um, but uh, I'm watching that for the first time. Okay. Special It's got an extra like 17-20 minutes of Aliens in it and some scenes that actually didn't make it into the final cut. Michael Bean's so good. I could see him in this role or as an older Dread. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: like almost like I mean obviously we feel that carl urban's character is seasoned but like an even more just like who's even seen more shit like that would have
2: been a cool avenue as well yeah yeah um there's something really crazy about the character in the comics that they don't i don't think that they touched in here and hold on i wish i oh i wish i would have looked this up there's something about the um, the, oh, yeah. Since they started the comic, the comic the, – the character has aged with how many years the comic's been out. Really? Yeah. So um, I think they still do that to this day. They, at least they used to. Um, so like basically like if the comic – I can't remember. I don't know when the first issue came out, but he would age as like a regular person would – throughout like the run of the series.
0: Ah, oh, just imagine dude, you like got me in like this state of mind of like if this did take off, like how how much do you think Carl Urban would be like present in either that show or just being in a franchise of dread, you know? Like the first thing that I thought of when watching this was like okay, I could easily watch you know, like seven more movies that had different premises Uh, and just him working with different people and dealing with different situations, different levels of crime. Like I was like, I, I, I seriously was just enveloped in the, uh, the history and like the, the journey of this character and just like the movie. Um, and the first appearance was in 1977.
2: Yeah. So basically in the 2000 AD comics, so in 1977. So as you're reading them throughout the years, the character will is ages along with however long the the series has been out. So by this time the character would be whatever age he was, add another 44 years onto that, and that's how old Dredd is. Damn. In the con- if you're wow. reading 2080, that's how they were doing it for a long time. I don't know if they still do that anymore.
0: It. And I don't know if it's just me. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think, Amanda. But I I had no idea about the comics of Judge Dredd. Like, I didn't even know that was really a thing. I didn't know that this was really based off of a comic until today.
1: Yeah, I knew it was a comic, but I hadn't ever read anything. And I knew that there was the Stallone movie. But I even think back then, like, I think I'd heard the bad reception and so never really um, was drawn to it. So, I mean, that kind of validates Brian's point. <laughs> yeah. If there would have been a successful movie back in the day. <laughs> I mean, case in point, there we go. Right. Just proved that theory correct. Um, but.
2: <laughs> I mean, look at the new Suicide Squad movie. I mean, I thought it was great, but it didn't perform as well as I'm sure that Warner Brothers would have wanted it to. And that might be because the first Suicide Squad wasn't good. So, yeah, left a bad taste in your mouth,
1: and
0: why would you want to go back, you know? Right.
1: hmm Yeah, that's why I'd be curious just to see what other people's reception is. so it's like anything that I kind of, like, looked up on this, where people that did see the older movie and were familiar with the comics and were actually, I think everything that I kind of read or looked up, everybody was like, pleasantly surprised by this movie like they went in (laughs) like dragging their feet like well I gotta watch this or I'm gonna see this and then coming out of it they were all super happy and super excited so yeah I mean I'd be down to watch I I love this kind of stuff so and this movie was just so well done just um I don't know how one, I mean, one, it was real, well-written, but it's also um, gory and beautiful at the same time.
0: Well, we had that before. Didn't we talk about that with Halloween Kills? Like, it yeah. was gory but beautiful. Like, it, all the kills were just very different than what we've mm-hmm. seen. I This is in the same vein. But I would even take it a step further. This excels on having this gore factor because... You're going in not, I mean, you and I especially are going in not knowing that much about this. I mean, the gore takes you to a whole new level. Like, oh, this is the movie we're getting, you know? Mm -hmm. I was all for it. I'm guessing it was, I mean, that comes from the the panels, right, Brian?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The comics are super gory. Um, And, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, the the comics, there's a lot of blood uh, especially the one the issues I was reading in uh from IDW I um I didn't read like a ton of like the old judge dread which I should go back um but I have read a few of the classic stories the John Wagner stuff but um yeah they're pretty gory comic books as well and a lot of drug use and yeah a lot of there's a lot of crime prostitution um uh it's just overrun with crime, and, and there and you see a lot of different judges in the comics as well, just like we saw in the movie. Um, I want to point out, like, the effect that they used. First off, when I got to see this in 3D, it was amazing because the slow-mo effect, like, the slow-mo drug, oh. seeing that in 3D and then the blood and then, like, um, coming off out of the screen and everything, it was fucking incredible. Dread in 3D was amazing.
1: I'd love to see this in 3D, especially for that slow-mo drug effect. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Yeah, do I mean, mm. you remember <laughs> the, the, the gore? The guy, when the guy gets
2: shot through the cheek? Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: That was really, that was uh, the aw. money shot. I mean, literally, it looked awesome. And just, the guy like,
1: with the cheek? The belly.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of of that. Another thing I love about this is the fact that, you know, they we've got a seasoned dread, and we get to see a seasoned dread take out, like, a a new recruit and basically is scoring her throughout this day to see if she, you know, because she, like, failed her her aptitude test very like barely failed it and so they're going to give her another chance because she's a very gifted psychic and we find out that she's a mutant and i i, I love this actor that plays her i've seen her in other things i think she's in the new why the last man series as well um but uh yeah what is her name olivia olivia thirlby, olivia thirlby. yeah she plays uh anderson cassandra anderson and um I thought – I just thought it was a really cool team-up, the fact that they have her with, like, this psychic. And I like how, like, the psychic ability um, comes through uh, when you're watching the movie. You know, she'll be – and the way that they showed, like, how she's in their brain and in their mind and shit. Like, I I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're mentioning her because
0: she was literally going to be my next point of reference because – um I haven't seen her I haven't seen this actress before and but she has like that familiar face where you feel like you have seen her before and I don't know if that's just Hollywood but like she she wowed me in this movie and when we get to we when we get introduced to her um yeah she's kinda like sitting there and you know you're not really thinking okay well she's gonna be like super badass out of the gate but, like, that's her kind of character arc is as she kind of, like, goes through this process with dread. Um, she just – she is. She becomes such a badass. And seeing her use her psychic abilities and just seeming like she is always on top, that's what I love. Like, she works that psychological angle um, to her advantage. And you can kind of see why they still – like even though she failed certain aspects of her of uh, her training, they're still giving her a chance, and we're seeing why and I think that's really cool and they they do it in such a clever way that like i I can honestly say I haven't seen something like this before, and they put like a filter on it whenever she's in their head, and I don't know I'm just i'm I was very very glued to the screen anytime she was there as well i I don't know, I just really love the women in this movie they do such a great job and they like Mm -hmm. hold their own to the boys. And there are a lot of men in here, but like these women stand out above them in my opinion.
1: Yeah, They definitely did not uh, write her to be the typical Mary Sue.
2: Yeah. um, Her and Lena Hedy were fantastic in this movie. I think we had like a trio here with urban and, and Hedy and uh, what's her name? Thurlby. Yeah, yeah. Sandra, Sandra Thoroughby, um, they did. They all did a great job. I, one thing that I want to point out is the fact that you know they're literally talking about like what assignment they're going to go on, and 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 they can't. There, there's so much crime going on in Mega City that they can't they can't actually respond to every call, every crime that's going on. So they just have to randomly pick. And I I wondered as I you know as I've watched this I, I've wondered like when she chooses Peachtree she's the one that chooses it did she with her psychic ability did she was I wonder if she put her psychic ability to the test
1: I think it I know what you're yeah I think she sent something and for me. What um, echoes that is when she hesitates to shoot the one guy in the beginning, who we find out is like the, the father and husband of the apartment lady with the baby. I think she had a sense, maybe didn't know exactly what was going on, but I think she definitely had a sense.
2: It's it's just so weird that, like, out of all the crime that happens in Mega City one, that she picks the one probably most dangerous on the list that day. Yeah. For fuck's sake. (laughs) But also the one that's going to give her probably, you know, the best outcome, because I don't know if she goes on any of those other missions by the end of it. If Judge Dredd gives her a pass. Um, this is the one that put her to the test. And even though, you know, and I know I'm spoiling this, but even though she, she technically should have failed, I loved how she gained the respect of, of judge dread and, uh, was able to get judge dread to give her a pass. Cause you got to understand this guy is by the book. Mm-hmm. And for him to give her a pass at the end of the movie, that is huge because that is not by the book. That is not probably technically the right, lawful thing for to do. But he recognizes um, how how valuable and how um, how yeah how valuable she is in the. I think for the greater good of the city. Um, it's just a really powerful powerful moment. If you know that character, he's very much by the law and by the book, and for him to. For him to bend and give her a pass at the end of this uh, was kind of a huge thing yeah it was like a nice bow
0: on the end of just like a kick-ass time like you you see like the humanizing like side of dread where before i mean it i mean you kind of compare this to robocop i mean he he was as methodical as he could have possibly ever been in this movie and no remorse against anybody really, but he shows kind of like a, I, I'm saying this loosely, a kinder heart towards uh towards the recruit. I mean, yeah. he calls a recruit 95% of the movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I also want to point out uh, another thing that I absolutely love about um, the judges and is, especially with Judge Dredd, it's almost like the gun he uses is almost a character within itself. It has so many different functions. I love, um, you know, you've got the semi, which is like your, you know, machine gun, and then you've got the incendiary, and then you've got like those little bombs. I, it is the guns are just amazing in themselves, and the fact they only respond. And I don't know how this works if it responds to just like the fingerprint because they wear gloves, or if it's like DNA, but it only responds to the judge that it's assigned to. So anybody else trying to shoot that gun? We saw what it did to dude. It fucking blew his arm off. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that was sick. That was
1: such a great scene.
2: That's <laughs> uh, so cool. Oh my <laughs> god. The fu- I love the I love the I love the gun. But when they okay, that scene when Lena Headey has her guys pull out that fucking like rail gun, that chain gun and they're just blasting through like just fucking like com- yeah, it's going through concrete walls. I was just like, "Oh my god, I love it."
1: I love it too when she's like, "Move over, I'm taking over." Yeah, yeah. She's not satisfied with with the results, dude. But I, then after they do all that, like, here comes Dread with the dude and just chucks him over the over the side again. Like, how many people fell to that ground?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, it's 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 amazing to me. Just like the the cool the cool thing mostly about it was when you did see them go over the edge, and especially like earlier when we saw what they were using the slow mo right when they were going over yeah. the edge. Uh, I'm talking about the three guys uh, that were skinned. I think like that was kind of our taste of like what we were going to get, but mm-hmm. I love that. Um, it's just a foreshadowing to mama's death and like i i'm totally fine with spoiling this right now but like the way mama died so i could totally see some people thinking that it was too like um t- like elongated but god i was like this is insane i bet that just looked insane in 3d too just, like, yeah. everything. Oh, my gosh. I would love to just see that scene.
2: Well, what's so cool about when Mama goes down to her death, did you know she's, like, it's almost like she's doing a swan dive. She's so – I don't know. Like, I want to know what's going through her head other than the pavement when she hits it. Right. Um. <laughs> but but I want to know. Like, she's doing a swan dive, and she's, like, got her eyes closed and her arms, like, like – she's like leaning forward and and it's almost like she's like letting like the air hit her face and so she almost looks like peaceful it's it is a it's the most bizarre death scene because like think about like fucking Hans fallen from uh the Nakatomi from Nakatomi Plaza and die hard he's like fucking like you know he's like got his mouth open he's shocked he's scared to death as he's fallen And they show that shit in slow motion, too. Instead, on the flip side, you got fucking Mama. She's, like, doing a swan dive, looks peaceful, letting the wind hit her in the face. And, oh, my God, I was just like, what is going through her brain right now? Is it just the drugs that's doing this? Or is this almost like her just accepting the fact that she's going to die and that she doesn't have to live this rough life anymore? There's a lot going on.
1: Yeah. I think it's a combination of all of it because – that all ran through my mind and that's why I liked that it was like kind of kind of a a longer scene because all of those things ran through my mind. I was like, Okay, she's hopped up on the drugs, so of course, you know, it's slow mode, quote unquote. I was like, but now she's just kind of like in fuck it mode where she's like I tried to do my shit and tried to pull one over on dread and I'm done, it's done, it's all over, and now she doesn't have to deal with any of it. So I think it was just it, a huge combination of all of those things. Well, but I th- scene. I, Go ahead.
2: I think when you're in, like, her position, you're always just waiting for, like, the next person to fucking take you out. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got to... Because she took out the other gangs. She took out, like, her fucking pimp. I mean, she... She's just waiting. Like, who's gonna take her out one day? And she, I think she just got to the point where she's like, "I don't have to fight anymore. This is it. This is this
1: Accented. Judge Dredd's,
2: Yeah, Judge Dredd's the one that took me out.
1: Maybe you she know, went through like the all the the twelve steps.
2: Yeah, <laughs> all the all the way down in slow mo. She went through all twelve steps. Mm hmm. And but. What I, okay? We all love when we watch, you know, Daredevil. We all love the hallway scenes, right? You know, oh, yeah. we all love that shit. This whole movie's a fucking hallway scene because it's in close quarters. <laughs> now, this movie came out in 2012. Another movie also came out in 2012, which was um, the Raid Redemption, the first Raid yes. movie. Yes, so me of the Raid. They're very similar, and there were fans that were accusing this. Of, you know, copying the raid or the raid copying this. And the truth is, from what I know, is they both filmed at the same time and both movies were on a low budget. So they really stuck to one filming location so that you tried to use like their location to the best of their ability. So we got two like close quarters movies where like, you know, they're trapped in a building and they got to make their way up different floors and blah, blah, blah. You know, because like in the raid, you know, you've got eco UAs basically going up from floor to floor to floor to get to the to get to the bad boss and the same thing's going on here in Dread. So I don't think either movie was copying one another uh, because they were filming at the same time and and they came out. I believe they came out the same year, Um, but both movies are fantastic and it's a formula that works. But yeah, this movie is just one long hallway scene like we get in Daredevil without like the martial arts. Um but uh yeah, I I I kind of I kind of love that about this. And I also loved, what I loved about this is the fact when Judge Strad is in this complex and Mama gives the order of like, you know, you know, kill these judges, kill uh, yeah, kill these judges. That when Judge Dredd is presented with two children that mm-hmm. are trying to go after him, he takes the gun and he sets it to stun and he doesn't kill the kids. Right. He gives them, you know, if they were adults, it might, it would have been a different story. But since they were kids, that's what I loved about this. That's my judge. He's not going to fucking kill kids. You know, there's certain things like, you know, like Punisher in the Marvel. Netflix series, certain things that I didn't like what they did with John Bernthal's Punisher in that movie. And one is the fact that he's in a hospital in a scene and he's shooting up in a hospital. And like he could have easily – he could have taken out innocent people in that hospital shooting up the way he was. Mm -hmm. And Judge Dredd knows when to to stun and when to kill and – that's what that's what I loved about this because it kept like that comic book dread, uh, kind of translated over into the to the screen. Because comic book dread would have done the same thing; he would have stunned them. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, that's kind of like what I liked about the dread character. Because I know you guys are saying like he's by the book, but I feel like he's not as by the book, and that's why he gave Anderson the pass, and then you have that situation with the kids. Then you have in the beginning where he wanted to seek shelter with the guy that had, like, the medical facility. And technically that would be obstruction of justice, and he could have taken that space over easily. And then you had the homeless guy that was outside that unfortunately died by the door. But, you know, he could have put that homeless guy, you know, in one of the boxes or whatever they're talking about, but he just told him to get out of there.
2: Oh yeah, the ISO cubes.
1: Mhm. So I feel like he's more compassionate, and that's what I kind of liked about. Even though he was a badass, he was still compassionate. So
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, think I like. I, I think with the fact that they are judges, they can kind of like make a determination. Like some judges will be like, "Oh, this is your first offense." you know i just don't want to see you in court again don't ever do this again so he's kind of just like you know like i got bigger fish to fry right now so just get the fuck out of here that dude shoulda listened cuz now he's a fucking pancake he's yeah. fucking he's, he's street pizza so i
1: know it was so sad
2: no it wasn't that motherfucker shoulda listened to judge dread <laughs> it's his own damn fault <laughs> <laughs> it makes me it makes
0: me wonder cuz like uh, I'm I, I'm sorry, I, I think I'm like actually really stuck. I really would have loved to have seen like even with this sh- with like if we we're getting that show, just like the corruption of, of some of these judges, because we mm-hmm. get introduced to those four uh corrupted judges that work for Mama and get to see them interact with with her and then how they try to take out uh Judge Dredd. I think that that was so cool seeing kind of like the devices that we were just getting accustomed to for what an hour and then or an hour and 10 minutes to be like put against Judge Dread. I thought was super cool. And yeah. I'm really glad that they had that.
2: Yeah, I you know like when you watch this it's like, you know, how do you kill a judge? Get a judge get a judge to kill a judge. Mm-hmm. You know, and so now he's got a he's got a and I love the fact that, you know, like when he's he's you know, you got two judges and they're and they're, um, you know, behind walls and and uh, they're talking to each other. You know, how much was it to fucking corrupt a judge? And he's talking about a million split four ways. Right. Now and he says, <laughs> now, now three, now three. And you guys like, oh, that works out good for me. But it's like, you know, that's it. That's the thing I love. I love the fact that that Judge Dredd would never you know he would never do that he would never take that that there's still this that's what's so fucked up about Mega City is that it's so it, and and that's what happened in a, a lot of the in the 80s too there was a lot of Um, you got to understand, like in the comics, they were writing these in the 70s and 80s, and there's a lot of corruption within the police department, within New York City, and there's crooked cops and stuff like that. And that stuff bleeds over to the comic books, and then they bled it over into the movie, which I thought was really fucking cool, that there's so much corruption in this city that it's even affecting the judges.
0: Well, I want to mention something because I feel like it's important to state – so I mean we'll kind of see where where this conversation goes but I think it's very interesting for us to see the um I guess the the police if you if you'll say for a, kind of this film as the judges are kind of like the police force and how we're not looking to be against them like so many movies and so many uh things that we've seen today Um, it's just different seeing like, oh, we're following the cops. Like we want to see them win, because I feel like that is such the opposite now. Like the cops are always portrayed as the bad guys in media. And so it's just, it's very interesting to see it kind of switched around, which, you know, used to be the norm. I mean, I I keep going back to like RoboCop, but I mean, that was, that was the norm. We, we were rooting for the cops like John McClane. So it was just, it it kind of felt like back to the eighties trope with how we were kind of on the side of the police force. Do you guys, does that kind of make sense? That was something I was really thinking mm-hmm. about.
2: No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's just, uh, we do see a lot of the, you know, the bad police officer, um, in media today. And I think that, you know, that, that when it comes down to it, not all police officers are bad, but there are some that are, that are, that are put in this position that, that don't respect the badge and don't respect the, 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 the people that they're, you know, um, being paid to buy taxes to, you know, protect, serve and protect. And, um, I think it's an important message in a lot of media now. I mean, maybe that can bring about some change and stuff like that. Maybe there'll be more, I don't know, more background. Uh, Maybe it'll be harder to become a police officer. Maybe they should do some more, you know, psychological testing on police officers and stuff like that. But this was kind of like a nice throwback that just gave us like, you know – Judge Dredd is he's on the right side of the law, you know what I mean? So yeah, very um, cut yeah, and dry, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And That's why, oh man, that's why that that's why the character, in my opinion, is is super compelling because you I feel like you can always root for him. You never really have to like worry about like, oh, is he making the right decision here? I feel like Judge Dredd always tries to do what's right at the end mm-hmm. of the day.
1: Yeah, and that's why I like this character. Even though he was like, you know, doing his job and super badass, but like I said, he was also compassionate in a lot of situations. And even though he did want to kill Gleason's character, Anderson stopped him and was like, nope, 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 he's a victim. We need to let him go. And he was like, yeah, "Ah, all right. He's like, I'll listen to you.
0: So. Yeah, I like that he gave her enough freedom there to make that decision whether Mm -hmm. he was against it or not. And plus, I'm a little biased because, you know, Dominic Leeson, I'm glad he made it through.
2: Here's the thing. Carl Urban, I don't think this performance gets enough credit because you got to think about this. He is doing a lot with just his mouth. Mm-hmm. and the way he emotes he, a lot has to come through in that performance because we're not seeing his eyes <laughs> you know i mean it's the same thing with uh uh when you're watching the mandalorian i mean it's uh, with the pedro pascal there's a lot you know that they have to, that he has to do with the voice and 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 here with carl Urban, it's it's just his mouth and so um <laughs> he never comes he always comes across as, as uh, I don't know, just very confident and uh, calculated. I love the scene where after he got shot. And he, <laughs> he said, after he gets shot by the judge, um, and he's kind of just like sitting down and he says, wait.
1: <laughs> I loved that scene. And he's well, like. I didn't know what was going to happen, but.
2: Yeah, the other judge is like, Oh, the great Judge Dredd. Uh you know, you're you know, now the one thing that you have to say is wait and he's like, Yeah, yeah. wait <laughs> Basically wait for his partner to come up and shoot you in the back. So right. I, I thought it was fantastic. So, um
0: the I wanted to tell you, Brian, one of the main reasons that I was like so game for doing this movie was because I remember Back in the day when my buddy and I were talking about different different movies and just like how a lot of comic book characters when they are presented with a mask, they always take it off. Uh talking about Andrew Garfield in the Spider Man movies. Like he never had a mask. Um <laughs> and we were, and he mentioned like, well, in uh Dread, Carl Urban never takes his mask off. And so when we watch when I watched this movie I texted him and this is exactly what he said. I never want to take the helmet off. Uh Carl Car- Urban was perfect. God damn.
2: That was his whole review. And so I think that <laughs> lines up perfectly with yours. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically I mean yeah, that, that, that sums it up. I mean it, it it really I mean it doesn't it's it takes it takes a hell of an actor to uh, to to play a character from the comics that never takes the helmet off and you never take it off the entire movie. Um, that says a lot. I mean, um, there's, I'm trying to think of like, you know, powerful performances by, you know, actors that don't take the helmet off. And, you know, Peter Weller, we did get to see him without the helmet when he played RoboCop. I'm thinking of like, <laughs> the cartoon, the Optimus Prime, uh, Peter Cullen. You never, you just he, Optimus Prime always has like this face shield up, like in the old cartoon. You never, you never see his mouth move or anything like that. It's all done with Peter Cullen's voice. Um, I mean, it takes a special actor, voice actor, or, or actor to to pull off what Carl Urban did in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean. It yeah it does kind of blow my mind that this didn't get more love but like you said like we mentioned at the beginning it was just hard because think of what else came out you know and this this oh it sucks like it it kind of makes me furious because like I didn't know when this came out and when I saw 2012 I mean I rolled my eyes I was like oh well of course <laughs> nobody's really heard of this movie you know
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it. Oh, gosh. Sorry, I was just thinking of people that have to have done stuff with their face faces covered or whatnot, but I can't help but think of Tom Hardy. <laughs> I mean, until oh, we got to see his face.
2: <laughs> Are you talking about Bane?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you can look at Bane. You can look at like the first half of Mad Max. I mean,
2: most mm-hmm. of Venom. Yeah, Tom Hardy just in general. <laughs> You had no idea what tom. It was. <laughs> tom Hardy likes to fucking he likes to fuck his face up anyway in movies he 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 knows he's a good looking guy and he's one of these actors that likes to look fucked up in every movie that he's in. He doesn't wow. want to show off that beautiful tom Hardy face
0: <laughs> he doesn't want to show off that beautiful body either because he'll he'll sit there in a I fucking like saying. sweated out hoodie in venom and like looking like complete ass and he just loves it. That is that is a that is the definition of humble.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy's a fucking badass. Did you ever read that story about him stopping a thief or something? No? Yeah, I think it Tom Hardy, hold on. Hardy stops thief. Let me look this story up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hardy catches thief after dramatic Hollywood style chase through streets before proudly saying, "I've caught the cunt." I'm not even kidding you. This is a real story.
1: <laughs> the word cunt is not used enough. You know what? <laughs> You're totally a, witness,
2: right. a witness in Richmond, London told yesterday how screen hard man Tom Hardy chased a thief through the gardens and across a building site before proudly announcing I caught the cunt. He said Tom flew after the yob. That must be some British shit there. Who had crashed a stolen <laughs> moped, then fled. The legend, Batman, and Taboo star vaulted walls as he sprinted after the crook, then grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and uh, patted him down for concealed weapons. Aaron Poland, 22, said it was mental, like he'd switched to a superhero mode in an action movie. Two boys on the, on the moped had jumped a red light and smashed into a car. Yeah, this guy fucking, he stole a moped, then crashed it. And then Tom fucking chased him down and caught the guy and this is real life shit this is real life Tom Hardy. This isn't for a fucking movie. this is real life Tom Hardy.
1: oh gosh, it doesn't surprise me. I had know I'd heard something about it, but I hadn't heard the whole story. Aaron said
2: Tom used the C word to describe this the thief <laughs> this is amazing That's, it is amazing, isn't it <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic!
2: Yeah, that happened. I think, in, yeah, 2017.
1: Yeah can can he just be like the new Judge Dredd? I'm okay. No, we, I want.
2: I, I want. I want Carl Urban back. But yeah, <laughs> he's too busy with Venom.
0: Carla. Or weren't <laughs> we supposed to get a Mad Max like
2: sequel? Uh, we're supposed to be getting a uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, Furiosa fuck movie yeah she's gonna be playing uh, it's a prequel and Anya Taylor-Joy is gonna be playing Furiosa (laughs) and I think Chris Hemsworth is cast in that as well
0: dude hold up I gotta like pick my jaw up off the ground that is amazing oh (laughs) alright anyway yeah dread (laughs) <laughs> is there is there anything else that uh, we really want to cover? I would hate to, like, leave this without uh, touching on everything you want to, Brian.
2: No, I mean, it is it, – it is, if you just want bloody uh, violence that is justified and one of the coolest characters, in my opinion, I just think it's so cool to have a police force uh, called Judges, and they're Judge, Jury, and Executioner. They basically can – Read you your rights there on the spot And they can execute you right there on the spot I mean it is just It is a, it is a cool fucking movie And it, god damn it we only got one of them um, That's good So I I highly recommend this um, Fantastic cast Like you said the the female cast in this uh, The female led cast in this is amazing With Lena Headey And uh, I keep forgetting her name uh, Olivia Thirlby uh, Yeah it's Cassandra a- Anderson um i called her cassandra Thurlby earlier and i apologize for that (laughs) it's it's cool it's cool it's cool (laughs) but uh yeah the slow-mo drug absolutely looked amazing not only did they like incorporate like this new addictive drug into this movie but they gave it a cool effect as well where it it was in slow motion and it would slow down i thought that that was that was awesome I don't do people still do 3D TVs at home is that a thing Do people still do that is that a thing They're
0: they're around my uh my grandma in law she has one and we watched Thor 2 which I was like why but anyway <laughs> <laughs> I mean it works really well it's just it's not utilized as much I mean 3D kind of came in is still around but slowly like Became more of like a real d kind of like the three d popping isn't really a big thing anymore it's more about like death and yeah, yeah, and just yeah. kind of like getting that surreal feel, but yeah, it's just not like it used to be, especially around this time i mean I remember I remember when Harry Potter like the last Harry Potter movie was like said, you know you gotta see it in three d because you can just see everything, and all you got was like Voldemort flakes. You know, so I mean, take Mm -hmm. that with what you will. Um, Yeah, 3D's just kind of set for some movies, and it seems like this one would have been a lot of fun to
2: watch. It was really. I was. uh, Here's the thing: I went into the movie not realizing it was a 3D showing. Oh, and damn, that's okay. Okay. Then the movie starts, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is 3D!" So I ran out uh, into the um, up to the front, and I grabbed the real 3D glasses, and then I sat down and I watched it and it was absolutely incredible. If you do ever get the opportunity to watch Dread in 3D, it is fuck. It's it's definitely worth it. Cuz I've I've gone to a few movies where it's just like the 3D is kind of lackluster, but uh this one really was fucking it was awesome and um yeah, I wish this movie would have gotten more love, and I wish we would have. I, I mean, we should be on Dread Four by now. I mean, right. John Wick. Came, John Wick came out. We're getting the fourth John Wick movie. We're getting a Continental series with John Wick. They might even do a ballerina spinoff from the, you know, the world of John Wick. And yay! And you know, well, Ju- Judge Dread's just kind of hanging out, waiting around for maybe somebody to pick it up. I know Alex Garland is still interested in it. I know. Um, and I, I, I love Alex Garland. Alex Garland um, made uh, wrote this movie, and then went on to direct Ex Machina, which also starred Donald Gleason. Oh God! And then he went on to do Annihilation. So Alex Garland is, you know, uh, a big name in himself right now, as far as like a director. I think he's a fantastic director, and you know, if if we could get, you know, I'd love to see. This cast come back and uh, some more adventures with uh, you know Cassandra Anderson and Judge Dredd and and then um, I'd love to see Alex Garland come back and and write the next next Dredd movie. But do I think it'll happen? No. But God damn it, I would be I I would love it if it happened. Cause don't I, give I, up I, hope. I know, I know, I know, I know. I I don't know. I I
0: seriously I don't know. The. I, I feel hopeful about that. I feel like we might be get we might we could be getting something, but that's just me. Also, like, oh god, I want this now. So,
2: <laughs> hey Quentin, have you ever seen
0: Ex Machina? Oh my god, yeah, I love okay. that movie. Yeah, love I so. that movie. Yeah, I mean that. I was literally just talking about that with a friend because we were talking about Oscar Isaac and his freaking dancing, and I was like, yeah, that's oh
2: god, yeah, sexiness that you need <laughs> right there. Oh, such a fucked up scene, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's with everything, so good.
0: It's like, oh, God. Domino Gleason is just, I, I'm serious, like, one of my favorite actors. Have you seen the movie Frank
2: with him and uh, Michael Fassbender? Yeah, I was not a fan of that movie, but I don't have the background because, like, that character actually came from, like, a real life thing. Yeah. 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 There's,
0: there's a whole story on it, but it, it just reminded me. To to mention that because I mean Michael Fassbender wears that that helmet until like yeah. the very end.
2: <laughs> yes, he does. I, I never even thought of that, dude. <laughs> that fucking papier-mâché head or whatever right. the fuck. Oh, I never even. That's fucking. That's brilliant, dude. Oh, all right. Well,
0: Amanda, how would you rate Dread?
1: I honestly cannot find any flaws other than we don't have any a sequel or a series or anything to shape <laughs> my enjoyment of this movie. Um, I love the effects of the slow mo stuff. I love how it did go from like the dark to like the colorful and like sparkly, glittery um, visuals. I love the. Story arcs of the characters, and ah, yeah, no, this was an enjoyable watch, so yeah, I can't find anything wrong with it. I don't have a negative thing to say, so it's a three for me. Holy
0: shit, you're I was like thinking when you said you don't can't find anything wrong with it, I was like, okay, that's bullish. Wait a minute,
1: (laughs) but there's not, I mean, and that's kind of how I rate movies if I enjoyed it and I can't really find anything wrong it should get the highest rating and it's like i think it's at
0: like a perfect length it's literally like what a 90 minutes mm mm-hmm. mhm so like it tells you enough of a, a story where it has everything you need and it's kind of a tight concise just wonderful array of scenes and yeah i i'm going to be with you too i i have to give this a 3 because i don't think we complained about one thing, Nope. and oh, I mean, yeah, you did say like there's no accompaniment with it, and that sucks, but like i said brian we're i'm getting i'm I'm feeling hopeful. What about you, Brian? How would you rate this
2: Oh it's an absolute three um i yeah it's fantastic i love this I love this movie it like it really sparked my love for the character and it got me into you know when i when the movie came out, they came out with um um, the IDW series in 2012 as well. And I started to pick that up and I picked it up from issue one and it's written by Dwayne Straczynski. And, um, it's really, it's really good. Um, I would highly recommend at least like reading the first, you know, volume of the, uh, of the trade and see if it's something that you're into. And I, they, they Like I said, they would have a, a Judge Dredd story and then like the last, you know, uh, 10, 12 pages is just like a Mega City one story. And you get to learn more about the fucked up, you know, crime, drug addled city of Mega City. And um, yeah, yeah, it's an absolute three. I love this movie. Carl Urban's amazing. I know he wants to come back and play this character. I, I think it would be fucking incredible if like Amazon picked it up. Um, I'm not even saying Netflix. Like Netflix would just cancel it after one fucking season. Mm-hmm. So like, or I would sci-fi. just like, yeah, or fuck sci-fi too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sci- like <laughs> sci-fi can fuck right off. But like, <laughs> fuck sci-fi, dude. Deadly Class was a fucking great show, and they canceled. Oh. It. And oh. then Alphas was fucking amazing, and after two seasons they canceled Alphas. I was so pissed at them. Um, I'm already scared for Chucky. That's all i got to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chucky might be, Chucky might be gone, too. Yeah, it's going to get the um, ass. But, uh, yeah, Dread is an absolute three. I, I love this movie, man. I'm really
0: glad you brought it up, man. Like, I uh, we, I think you and I have talked about this before, um, but I, I'm glad that, like, we could get you on and talk about this in, like, kind of a full-length episode so that, like, more people are aware of it because... Yeah, this it's it's insane to me that um I've gone this long without seeing it but I mean I'm I'm putting myself in that that same category as probably the most most of us. I was looking at, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man and the Avengers as like the top comic book movies like on my watch and I let everything else fall to the floor and I'm trying to be more selective nowadays because there's a lot more stuff coming out but you know, you gotta you gotta make sure you can you can fit it all in because I mean, you'll let stuff slip just like this. So, again, I really appreciate it, and it's always great having you on. You are welcome back anytime.
2: Absolutely, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I have no problems jumping on here and talking about a movie I love. So. Perfect. Well, Amanda,
0: is there anything else you really want to say before we uh, uh, sign off?
1: No, nope, I'm good.
0: All right. Well, guys, make sure to check out our Spider-Man retro reel. We still got that going. Um, we're getting closer. Like, as, as this recording goes, I mean, we're going to be, oh, like a month and a week away from freaking Spider-Man No Way Home. If you haven't noticed, I'm very excited. Really, really pumped for it. I can't wait. Um, mm-hmm. I know Amanda's getting tired of it. You, you have to be at some point. Uh, she She's been a trooper. I really appreciate her. And also Gary. Hopping on and just letting me gush about, you know, the web head. Um, so check out those on our main feed and also make sure to check out these genres. We finished up horror. We got Superman under our belt and we got two more fantasies to go and then we'll be switching to, I I think, comedy. So that's fun because I don't think we've really touched it since we started this show. And yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, but other than that, this has been Dread with Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers. Before we let you go, will you please tell us a little bit about Pop Culture Leftovers?
2: Uh, podcast that I do with Jake. Been doing it uh, for the last eight and a half years. It's weekly. Uh, we talk about movies, TV shows, with a heavy focus on Marvel, Star Wars, and DC. And just last week, uh, we posted, uh, well, we talked about, I talked about a Marvel rumor uh, that I'd seen leaked on Twitter from at Big Screen Leaks, where they heard that Venom will be referenced in the new Morbius trailer, and we got that trailer dropped today, and that was 100% correct. So, I mean, we've been pretty dead on. I do a lot of, like, scouring for rumors and things like that. Uh, you know, as far as far as Marvel and Star Wars and DC and shit like that, and a lot of times they uh, they they come true. So yeah, check out the podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is funny. In our uh, Spider Man Homecoming, I literally plugged your show because <laughs> we talked about a rumor that you brought up on your show because uh, we were we were comparing the Homecoming suit inside out. And how that was with uh, No Way Home, and how we will be seeing that. So,
2: yeah, your show, your show is helping us. So we really appreciate it. Absolutely, dude. Oh fuck! Before Tom Holland was signed on to the MCU, before like before you know Spider Man was going to be a part of the MCU, we had a listener that reached out to me and said, "Um, and this is this is fucking like." six years ago or whatever so I can say it now but I had a listener reach out to me and said that his friend worked in the legal department for like a a studio Uh and he was like writing up contracts and that the contract was for Marvel and um, Sony and Spider-Man was going to join the MCU and I was like can I report on this and he was like and he, he's like, ah, I wish you didn't. It's like, why did you tell me then? I had a whole article written up ready to go.
0: <laughs> All you had to a, do was
2: wait to press send, right? It was a draft. It was oh, a draft of the website. And this was like fucking, like, I'd say three or four months before it was even announced. And I still have that draft in my, um, uh, for the website. It's still like sitting there. But yeah, I we, I had heard about this months before it even happened and I couldn't even report on it. Couldn't even say I, it. God, what, what turmoil. I know, dude. <laughs> and and then when, and then when it fucking happened, I was like, no fucking way. That was the real fucking deal. That is insane. Insane for sure.
0: Fuck man. Yeah, I mean if you want a real deal podcast, I'm I'm serious. Check out Pop Culture Leftovers. Brian does his shit. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, dude. Like you top tier like it's amazing the the dedication you have for that show and for you guys hitting your episode 400 I mean that in itself is just insane so kudos to you and Jake you guys you guys really shaped a great community and without it I wouldn't have met Amanda or you so I mean it's I, I still think I'm still thankful for it every day
2: well, I thank you for bringing me on uh, to to record this because I can't do like a, you know, judge – like a dread retrospective on my podcast because we've got to keep shit moving. Right. So, <laughs> I, no, I love doing shit like this because I can actually, you know, talk about movies that I love and in a little, little bit more detail. So, thank you, Real Zodiac.
0: Yeah. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. Dread's the real deal. You need to go check it out. Carl Urban's the man. um I don't know if there's anything else we need to say. That's three people saying they're giving this a three, uh, giving it a three rating. So, one more, do you need? Check it out. Come back. Check out our other shows, and we will see you in the next reel. Bye, guys.